Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Before you book your next flight to a Spanish-speaking country, you definitely don't want to miss this conversation with Jamar Black. Jamar left his job as a technical writer in Washington, D.C. to move to Cali, Colombia. He talks about how he managed to get a $5 flight to Colombia, and he hasn't looked back since. He also shares his top recommendations for what you should do to prepare yourself before you embark on complete immersion in a Spanish-speaking country. I hope you enjoy this latest installment in our Black Expat series. Así que vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola y bienvenidos al episodio 101. Welcome to episode 101 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. In this latest installment of our Black Expat series, we are going to explore the nation of Colombia in South America. I have a conversation with Jamar Black. He is a teacher and also a tour guide for Hola Cali in the country and the city where he lives right now in Cali, Colombia. Jamar shares how he overcame the frustration of being the only non-native Spanish speaker in a conversation and not understanding what was happening around him. He also gives the steps that he took when he moved to Colombia and even before he moved there to prepare himself to live in an environment where there just aren't many English speakers. He also talks about some of the different Colombian Spanish accents and he shares some Caleño Spanish terms that you definitely won't find in Google Translate. So with that, I hope you enjoy part one of my conversation with Jamar Black. 
Hola, Jamar. Bienvenido a Spanish Con Salsa. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join me. I know that I found you on, I think, on Instagram or somewhere on, on Facebook in a discussion about, you know, what it was like to be Black living in Colombia. So I thought you'd be perfect to have on the podcast because I have listeners always asking me, you know, I've been thinking about moving abroad. You know, should I move? Should I take the jump? So I'm doing this whole series with Black expats to really find out what are the differences for moving and living abroad when you are a person of African descent, because it is a little bit different, unfortunately, and sometimes fortunately, <laughs> than it is if you are from a different background. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the podcast. And to start out, could you just uh, sort of introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about you? Yes, yes. So my name is Jamar. I go by the Afro expat on Instagram, where I try to focus on like educational material, sometimes activism, and mostly authentic experiences and content and advice about living in another country, specifically in Colombia, since this is where I'm based. I'm originally from North Carolina. I spent some time in Washington, D.C. as well, about six years. But Colombia showed up on my radar shortly after completing a study abroad program and moving to Washington, D.C. So everything just seemed to be connected and landed. Yeah, I'm here in Cali, Colombia. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I teach seventh and eighth grade at a private school here. And I also am a collaborator of Ola Cali, who founder actually. Ola Cali is like a resource for people who are looking for information in English about Kali when they come here. So um, I run that with a friend of mine from Canada and focusing on at the Afro expat nowadays, I'm, I want to like connect with other expats and, and people who are interested in moving abroad. Wow. So you sound like you are pretty busy, right? <laughs> you have a lot going on <laughs> down there in Kali. Yeah. I try to, I'm trying to keep myself busy. <laughs> I'm curious, though, because you said you're from North Carolina. So, you know, being from the U.S., I think we all have had that experience where you know, at some point in school, someone tells you that you have to pick a foreign language as an elective. And usually, you know, for most people that I hear in my experience as well, is that the way language is taught in school is not always the best way and usually doesn't result in you being fluent in the language. So <laughs> I'm sure, you know, moving to Colombia, you have to, you know, be able to get by in Spanish. So could you talk a little bit about how you started language learning, how you learned Spanish in preparation for your move to Colombia? Because I imagine that the language barrier is probably a really big factor for a lot of people who think about moving abroad, and especially uh, listeners of this podcast who are already trying to learn Spanish and really want to become fluent. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Like before moving to Colombia, I didn't consider how the language barrier might impact you know, my life here, but it's not until you're fully immersed and, you know, you're still trying to learn, but, you know, you know, it's kind of stuck in a place where you're around native speakers and you don't always understand. So, like, you know, it's definitely a process. For me, my steps to learning Spanish were basically like having basic knowledge. Like, I had something to build off of. By the time I was in high school, you could either choose Spanish or French, and you know, I just chose Spanish because that's what I was already on the trajectory of. So, yeah, like, having that basic knowledge for me before moving here, like, even knowing how to say hola or introduce myself just because it was, like, second nature be to have, like, you know, some basic phrases, basic words that you know. 
And from there, I think I always had like an inclination to like or curiosity to like want want to learn new words just because I always had that basic knowledge. But I've always struggled with listening comprehension because, like you said, the in schools they don't really teach you how to you know listen for like dialects or that there's different accents and things like this. For me, like listening comprehension has always been a struggle. I would say another point would be like a willingness to speak and make mistakes because that, that for me has helped me a lot because I, I think that I don't worry so much about being correct or being corrected because I kind of like look forward to being corrected if anything uh, so that I can like kind of make a note of it so I can not make that same mistake even though I constantly make the same mistakes. You know, you also have to understand that it's a process. You know, I remember being the only native speaker sometimes, like getting upset because I didn't understand like what everybody was talking about. Now that I understand more, like years later, like I just understand it's a process and it takes time. So that kind of keeps me grounded. And then also, like, I would say, like, just being fully immersed in the culture here has helped me because, like, when I first started, you know, communicating with people, it was like via text messages that I relied heavily on, like, reading and writing uh, because that was like my strong points. Yeah, like having friends, like native uh, Spanish speaking friends to message with and like, I like naturally gravitate towards Google uh, Translate, even though I know the translations aren't, you know, 100% correct and that like, but sometimes it's taken out of context. Paying attention to words and synonyms and things like that, just making notes whenever I'm translating text messages from WhatsApp, keeping my subtitles on from Netflix. Even if I'm not listening in Spanish, like which I should be since my listening comprehension is not the best, I normally like keep the subtitles on in Spanish and listen in English just so I can like continue building that vocabulary. And then like uh, I've also changed I go back and forth changing my telephone in Spanish and English. And I think by seeing words that you see every day in English and then recognizing them also in Spanish can help. But yeah, those are my three things. Like I'm having a basic knowledge, willingness to speak and make mistakes, and like immerse yourself as much as possible. Yeah, you know, and I think it's some of the things you mentioned in terms of immersion are things you can do before you even travel or move. Like you mentioned switching the language on your phone. That's a lot of things. I know that's a thing a lot of people try. And, you know, I always tell people, make sure you know the word for language, idioma, before you do that so that you can always switch it back. <laughs> if you get lost, you don't want to wipe your phone clean. But yeah, I think some of those things are things we could start to do even before, even if like right now, you know, travel is not as sensible as it has been in the past for a number of reasons. So people might be thinking, well, how do I do immersion if I can't go and do a homestay with a family for, you know, three months right now? Well, you can do some things. I remember I had a friend and we would always text back and forth in Spanish when we met. I was speaking to him in English and he says, well, wait a minute. I thought you were like a native speaker based on like our texting. Why don't you want to talk to me in Spanish? And I think it's, you know, it's a good start to be able to think like you're in a conversation to get that texting in. And also because you have that lag time, right, you can actually sit and read like the WhatsApp message and translate it. So it's, it's, it's like sort of real time, but it's like a delay, right? You can, you have that time. I think that can prepare you to think through a conversation so that when you get to that point where you feel comfortable and like you said, not being afraid to make those mistakes, that kind of just going through that sort of back and forth and having to like translate those basic things like, oh, wait a minute or no, oh, I can't hear you. Your phone's breaking up, like stuff like that, that we we don't think about because it's not like really in a textbook anywhere that you learn those things. and You get comfortable with those things as you start to 
have some of those interactions. So I think those are some great tips. And I also would throw in, I would encourage people to use the voice note feature. If you're using WhatsApp or any of these language exchange apps, don't punk out and just do text. Like you can use voice notes and that'll give you time to listen. So I think for listening comprehension, that also helps because people tend to leave like these short messages and then you can kind of listen to them over and over again. So that's something that can also help you ease in the conversation. So repetition is key. I think having the ability to like, for instance, like for me, like with the writing, have, being able to see that and having it saved there is the same concept with the voice messages. Like you said, like being able to go back and listen as many times as you need to until you start to hear what is supposed to be said. I mean, I think having captions like of like what's being said as you're listening is always very helpful. I find that Netflix sometimes doesn't always have the exact translation because I think that's those translations come from Spain most of the time and like let's say you're in Latin America where they speak completely differently, you might not pick up exactly what's being said. Well, tell me a little bit about that because you mentioned dialects and that's something that I also, you know, focus a lot on in the podcast and then just in the courses that you know we provide because I, I focus a lot on learning Spanish through music, but with that comes all of the culture and all of the different dialects that are spoken in all these different countries because they are you know pretty different. You know, Spanish is Spanish, yes, but there are definitely variations not only in vocabulary but also in accent and intonation that can make it more difficult to understand spoken Spanish, especially if you're not used to that particular accent. So For you, before you moved to Colombia, had you been exposed to other dialects of Spanish that you were more comfortable with, or did you find any differences in in traveling and and then ultimately when you moved to Colombia to hear how Spanish was spoken there? Well, let let me give you a little bit of context in terms of like how long I've been speaking Spanish and like on this journey. So, like in 2014, was my first time moving here. I can say when I came in 2014, I never had any types of exposure to like. When it comes to like speaking with natives, like or anything like that, like there was nothing that I found familiar. I think that my I had Spanish teachers that came from like Spain. I had one one from Spain and then some were like African Americans. Like I think that maybe if anything, Mexican Spanish or Spanglish would be recognizable just so I could hear how the words pronunciated. Like for instance, like in Colombia, you have so many different accents just within Colombia in the north. The North Coast and the Caribbean coast, they speak very, very fast. Like they say, like people from the South speak fast. Like I think that's the, around the same comparison to how Spanish is spoken there. So, like, even the Colombians that I know here in Cali in this region, like they can't understand people who are Costeños or people from the coast. So, I also have, like, when I travel over there, I have a hard time understanding those dialects. But now that I've been in Cali in this region, like, for so long, it's been like one or six years now. I'm, you know, I have their paradise, which is like slang. You know, I've learned how to use different idioms that they use, and like sometimes I surprise people who didn't expect this uh, understand Spanish because I like I speak the dialect of Spanish from this region. But when it comes to listening to people from other regions, sometimes I have a hard time. I think that people in Bogota they have to like clear Spanish, so they have. I tend to understand them more. You know, and I think one of the things that you mentioned that I think is really important is that there are native Spanish speakers that are in Cali who have trouble understanding people from the coast. And I think that's encouraging because as language learners, I think we expect perfection, or at least I'll speak for myself as a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) It's like... We think, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to understand 100% of everything I hear 100% of the time. And if I don't, I'm not fluent, right? 
And setting the bar that high is not only putting, you know, hard on yourself or putting pressure on yourself, but it's also just not realistic, right? I mean, everybody is from somewhere and I'm from the East Coast of the U.S. Now, there's certain things that people say in the Deep South or on the West Coast that I don't understand, right? Because there are terms that they might use that I'm not familiar with. So I think, you know, using that standard in Spanish is, I think, a little bit unfair. So I like that you mentioned that and also that you you have that awareness that you are really comfortable with that one specific dialect in Cali because that's what you've been exposed to, right? Which is the same thing that happens with native speakers as well. So uh, hopefully that's encouraging to folks who are feeling like, oh, I don't understand this particular thing or that thing. Well, you know, I always encourage people to get familiar with that one dialect and one accent and, and just be comfortable with that and let that be your home base because... Otherwise, it's, it's very difficult to improve your listening comprehension because you're trying to understand everyone. And that's, I think, a difficult task to undertake. So, Yeah. And don't compare yourself to native speakers, like, too. I think that, that also puts pressure on you to, like, try to, like, categorize yourself as somebody who's, like, you know, fluent or, you know, beginner. Like, I don't, I never thought of myself in that in that way when I'm, when I'm speaking in Spanish. And like you said, like, I've always been the type to, like, focus on just like that one dialect that I know and then like the more you get comfortable with that dialect you'll start to understand other accents for instance like for me I can distinguish the Venezuelan accent very easily because like one it's hard for me to understand too like they have like a, like a distinct rhythm when they speak yeah I think that always having like like that ground or that base that basic knowledge of that one dialect is key Okay, and since you mentioned that you have picked up some of the dialect from Cali, because I have not been to Cali, so uh, what's one of your favorite phrases or idioms that you picked up since you've been there? Listo apoyo is what they say whenever they're ready. Like, oh, listo. Like, normally it's like listo is like when you're ready, but then they'll like just throw in listo apoyo. It's just like a, it's very like caleño. Bendito sea Dios, alabado sea su santo nombre. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. So that's like what I understood that to be. Like, you know, just talking to my partner, like, we speak Spanish only, primarily. Like, I get a lot of, a lot of different Indian idioms from speaking with him. Nasaka de Kisio, you get on my nerves. No se vaya por las ramas, don't beat around the bush. So, yeah, all those, I have like a whole list, I'm not gonna go over all of them, but like, it's interesting because, like, you'll try to do the direct translation or whatever in Google or whatever translator you use, and like, you get something completely different. But, like, you, oh, yeah. once, you have, once somebody speaks to you and you get the context of what they're saying, like, oh, you can kind of, like, then translate it from English, like, from your own understanding of the context. Yeah, context is, is very important. I'm glad you mentioned that as well because I think. One of the things that usually confuses people when they're trying to translate, even if you're using a good source, not Google Translate, sorry. It has gotten better over the years, but it's not my go-to. <laughs> but if you use a, even a good dictionary, if you don't have the full context, it can be difficult even then to translate. So I always recommend that people, if you get a translation that doesn't make sense, when you put everything in and it's translating word for word, then try to put it in as a whole phrase and see if you're able to get a better translation. Because I think that, you know, none of the apps are perfect. Nothing's ever is going to be as good as a human being, you know, thinking through that. But yeah, but sometimes you can you can make sure you have the phrases in there. But even then, you know, you don't always find everything in the generic dictionary. So 
that's been one of my ongoing uh, struggles with with Spanish and also why I've spent so much time delving into the dialects and, and talking about them so that people get that exposure and realize that there is this huge diversity in what's called quote unquote Latin American Spanish but it's actually so many different countries and cultures so I'm curious how is it that you you know from North Carolina to DC area how did you decide to move to Cali of all places, not just, you know, Colombia, but Cali specifically. And how was that process for you? So I went to UNC uh, Wilmington that does not have a lot of, a large amount of like black students, let alone any black students, uh, many black students that were studying abroad during that time. I happened to have a, a roommate in college that wanted to go to South Africa and was like, oh, we should go to South Africa. You know, during the time, like, my mom had been recently ill and, like, I was not really trying to go too far away where I wouldn't be able to be in, uh, in reach of her. I opted for a program to go to Finland for two months, two-month study abroad program in human sciences. And in Finland, I chose Finland because it was free education. Like, basically, all I had to pay for was, like, my transportation and my, my lodging while I was there. So, like, I did, like, the economical short option. But then from there, that's when my travel bug started. And so, like, my school heard about me being like, a, a black male going abroad in Finland. So they offered me a scholarship through the Ralph Bunch Scholarship in conjunction with, like, another scholarship from the State Department, UN Scholarship. I was able to go to South Africa and spend six months abroad. Uh, by that time, my mom was already, like, in a better condition, so I didn't have any problems leaving. Through that scholarship, Ralph Bunch, like, after coming back from South Africa, I went directly to D.C., kind of like not by choice because I, I kind of missed my flight on the way back from South Africa and going through Barcelona and ended up having to get some help from my grandma who ended up buying me a ticket to where she was, which was in D.C. So I like, uh, landed in D.C., uh, started my career from there like as a technical writer, but also had Ralph Bunch in mind because as I was trying to start my career, I knew Ralph felt stoked, which was also a part of Ralph Bunch Society. So I had them in mind as, you know, a recent scholar that maybe they could help me find a job or help me find opportunities. So I ended up uh, volunteering and while I was in D.C. for a Latino youth project that was connected with Phelps Stokes, Ralph Brunch. While I was doing that, that was my first time ever getting like an inkling of Colombia because like one of the organizers that we were on an excursion with the kids, one day was telling me, oh, maybe one day, uh, I think he said he was from Choco. He said maybe one day come to Colombia, go to Choco, it's like a department of like mostly black people. I had never heard of Colombia. He was on my map at that time. But like he just mentioned that, you know, since you're a writer, maybe you go to Colombia and write one day. I just always had that in the back of my mind. Meanwhile, like I'm, I'm working in D.C. Uh, as a technical writer. As soon as I got back from South Africa, I was looking for the first way possible to travel again. So I started looking into jobs that is, uh, you know, a flight attendant or working for an airline because I wanted to get those benefits. So I had that on my radar. I got a job as a part-time job as a data agent. Stay working with U.S. Airways for like three years. So I was always like back and forth, like taking these short trips when I could, when I had time off. Cheap. Like, I think I went to uh, Israel for like $40 round trip. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I ended up getting exhausted though, like, you know, with the political climate and everything that was going on. I think that Trayvon was like, what, 2012? I think that's when we first started getting like this, this big wave of like 
violence against black people all over again since like since Rodney King. I don't think we've heard of it that that intensely. So like you know that was in the news, and I think that I was just kind of like just exhausted and feeling like a little abroad again. So uh, I had a friend that had lived in Cali. I was curious about Colombia, and you know, just in the nick of time when I was getting laid off of both of my jobs, like an email came through saying invited me to teach English with Atlas course. I hope you enjoyed part one of my conversation with Jamar. And if you want to get in touch with him, you can reach out to him on Instagram at the Afro expat. Make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast if you want to hear part two of our conversation next week. Jamar talks about safety in Colombia and how Americans are treated by the police. And he also talks a little bit about the cost of living and the nightlife in Cali. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you will be the first to know when we release our episode next Tuesday. So with that, I hope that something you've heard has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. See you next week. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com.